Welcome to the Give to Profit podcast, the podcast that inspires business owners, entrepreneurs and leaders to turn their business into a profitable force for good. During our weekly episodes, you'll hear business leaders and entrepreneurs share how they put social impact at the heart of their business and the many benefits that come from doing this. You can find full show notes for today's show and additional resources at givetoprofit.com. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, where it would also be great if you could leave us a rating and review. For every review this month, we'll be sponsoring a child to go to school for a day in Cambodia. And so now here's your host, business mentor, speaker and author, Alison McKenzie. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Give to Profit podcast show. This is your host, Alison McKenzie, and as always, I'm delighted to be here again with you today. Thanks for tuning in. So today I am interviewing Claire Benjamin, who is a senior fundraising manager for an incredible charity called Chaz. And I really wanted to interview Claire for the show, not only because of brilliant work that Chaz do supporting families with a child with a life shortening condition, but also because I've just been so impressed by the way they proactively partner with businesses of all sizes in their quest for being able to support all families in Scotland who want their support. So welcome, Claire. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you very much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. So the first question I always ask is, it would be good to just know a little bit about you in terms of how you've come to be doing this role working at Chaz and and what motivates you before we move on to sort of talk about Chaz itself. Of course, absolutely. I guess like many fundraisers, um, we do talk about the fact that a lot of people now or previously fell into fundraising and I guess I might be one of those people. Um, My background was sales and marketing and PR a long time before that. And I guess I got to a point in my career um, where I started to think about what I could do with my skills and could I use my skills in order to work for an organisation and kind of that wasn't just about the profit. And started to think about charities in the third sector and what that looked like. And just luckily at that time, happened to come across a job advert um, for a charity, um, a kind of smaller charity that were, you know, and what they kind of said was that they would consider somebody that had kind of sales and marketing experience as well as fundraising. So that was my kind of opportunity, I felt. So went along, went to the interview, um, got the job and kind of 10, 12 years later, here I am. <laughs> Um, still working in fundraising and I've kind of been now Chad for almost three years which is amazing I can't believe how quickly that time has gone and I guess what motivates me and I talk to kind of supporters about all the time is that it's we have such a, a privileged position in fundraising where we get to see inside the workings of so many different types of organisations we get to see supporters at their best we get to kind of bring the best out in people and it's a really privileged position to be in and that's what motivates me is to work with somebody to get them started on the fundraising journey and to see them enjoying it and to hear them come back and say that wasn't what I thought it was going to be actually it was much simpler than I thought it was going to be and what can I do next Um, and that's really what motivates me to kind of get people out there and thinking about it and showing them that it doesn't need to be in all kind of time consuming that actually there's loads of great ways to get involved. And that's such a really important thing isn't it because I know if somebody had said to me that I would end up fundraising and being out there I would have been thinking oh my god no I don't want to be asking anybody for any money I wouldn't even do sponsored things when I was a child because I never wanted to ask for money. So it's great to hear 
that what you're saying echoes my experience of when you do it in a way that resonates with who we are as individuals, there are many, many different ways that we can do it where it can be enjoyable as well as raise money for a good cause. Absolutely. And I always kind of tend to find that those individuals or companies and supporters decide to fundraise but they do something that they already enjoy doing it or they make it part of something that they do day to day they are the most successful fundraisers because they didn't even realize they were fundraising in a sense or Mm -hmm. as I say they were already doing something that we love and just kind of added a charitable element to it Um, and they tend to find that they then kind of see the kind of warm reception kind of coming back to them and they realize that it's maybe as you say not that kind of, it doesn't need to take up that additional amount of time um, and it doesn't need to be something over and above what they're all doing because we're busy people and we love busy lives and what we're trying to do is to work with people and um, to kind of say, actually, you can support us in so many different ways um, and let's try and find the best way for you and to kind of make that happen um, and to understand people's expectations as well rather than everything kind of fits within this kind of certain box and you must do it this way and you must do that. We try and work with everybody, individual company or otherwise, to find out what it is that interests them um, and what would be kind of the best way for them to get involved with child. Yeah. And I think, you know, just listening to you speak again, because I know we've had really good conversation before this, and it's so refreshing to hear of a charity who is so clued up on this in terms of how to speak to businesses and help businesses and people to raise funds for them. Because actually, I get a lot of questions from causes saying, how do I do that? Like, how do I even begin to be what I would call, I guess, business ready? And that was, that was definitely one of the other reasons why I want to speak to you. So I wonder, before we sort of delve into the detail of that, it would be really good if you could just share a little bit about what CHAS is about. Of course, absolutely. So CHAS um, stands for Children's Hostesses Across Scotland. And we have been um, kind of active, as it were, um, and up and running across Scotland for about 25 years now. Um, we're unique in that we're the only um, service that provides children's hospice services across Scotland. And we do that in a number of ways. We have our two wonderful hostesses, um, Robin House in Ballas and Rachel House in Kino. We also support families in their own homes and we support families in hospital. We support babies, children and young people with life-shortening conditions and their families. And that's kind of what we do. That's the kind of crux and at the heart of it. We are here to support um, families at a time when the outlook, particularly for their child, may not look the best and the children that are not going to live into adulthood. And this is where we can step in. We try and make the time that they have together um, as special, as important. And whatever we can as normal as possible. We make memories with families. We allow them to kind of spend time together as a family. And we're there to kind of try and lighten some of the loads that comes with having a child with a life-limiting condition. And as I say, we do this across our two hospices, um, which is Rachel House and Robin House. We also come into um, the family's homes and we support them in their own home. And we also do that across children's hospitals in Scotland as well. So wherever the family that wants us and need us, that's where we can go to them. Yeah, I mean, just incredible work. I think as, as soon as I met one of your fundraisers, when I was actually out at a business network, I heard the work that you did before I even had any idea about the whole way you support businesses just so taken by the cause and the way that you're helping so many families and what must be just one of the most difficult and most challenging times a family can ever experience so I mean how as a charity do you then you know it's great that you're doing all of that work but how do you know the impact of your work in terms of how it's helping people 
Of course. Well, we, um, to the latter part of 2015, um, we had kind of set out um, a report um, that had been um, kind of designed and kind of researched for us um, called the CHESP study. And that was the children in Scotland requiring palliative care. And that was identifying the numbers and needs. We've gotten to a point where we knew that the need for our service was increasing. We knew that we were supporting at that time around about 460 plus families, but we had a sense that there were possibly more families and more children out there. And what we wanted to know was how many and where were those families? And what came back in terms of the information was quite startling. So currently, as it stands, we're able to support one in three of the families across Scotland that need us. So for every family that we're kind of giving respite care to in our hospice or we're going into the family home, there's another two families out there that we're not able to reach. Now, whether that's because we don't know of our service, uh, whether it's because that they are kind of... Um, hospitals maybe not aware of the service that we provide or possibly we've not been brought in early enough to kind of start supporting the family there's lots of different reasons for that and really our aim and our goal moving forward is to reach those two and three families or not at the moment we know that not every family would want to use our service a lot of families like to kind of deal with their kind of own families in their own way we absolutely respect that i think what we want to do in terms of that kind of next impact report is we want to know that we're reaching those families and they're making a decision whether they want to be able to use our service or not and that's really the next piece so we will be having another impact study that takes place this year and this will give us that kind of next stage development is everything that we're starting to do are all the campaigns and the awareness raising what impact are they having and what's that kind of next piece for us we know that for every family we support there will be another family that's there kind of waiting to kind of um, come in and use our service but what we need to know is that the awareness piece is there and that's where every supporter and every volunteer and every staff member can play a part as well yeah i mean just listening to you share that it's brilliant to just hear how because you've actually done that analysis you had the figures as at 2015 and as you say you're going to be reviewing that again this year which which actually makes it really tangible doesn't it in terms of what you're actually working towards absolutely and also it allows us as a service to understand if what we're providing is what our families need as well and what we're finding as well is it not only in our services within our hospice is still vital it's actually the services that we're starting to develop in, in the local communities that are going to be even more vital a lot of families will need our support in their own home packing up the family and coming to the hospice for a week of respite is absolutely ideal for some families but for others not so much and what we need to be able to do is to reach out to those families that don't have that and to make sure that we're able to kind of reach out across the whole of Scotland, that we're able to get up to the Highlands and Islands, that we're able to kind of get on to Isle of Skye or Shetland or Orkney or whatever it might be and support a family there in the same way that we'd support a family in Glasgow and, and really kind of break down some of that kind of isolation for them and make sure that we're there when they need us. Yeah, in listening, I guess, paying attention to and going out and asking questions of the people that we want to serve and then adapting our services to them is something that, we would do as business as well so that's something actually that charities social enterprises businesses all have in common should they choose to do it <laughs> so it's I, I think so that. that's yeah no it's it's you're absolutely right it's a critical part of what we do we need to know it's one of those ones where you know what you're doing is amazing and we know that our hospices are fabulous and we know that the service we provide is second to none but what we need to make sure is is it still fit for what our families need from us and that's what we're constantly evaluating we're constantly asking for feedback from the families that use our service we're constantly building new relationships in within the kind of care world as well to make sure that we continue to provide what our families need and it's the same in fundraising 
where every day we will come up with a new idea and a new way um, that people can get involved and people can support and kind of get behind us. But then I always kind of stop and go, okay, we think we've thought of a great idea, but actually we need to go out and talk to people about this because the idea that we think is great, it might not fit into anybody else's idea of simple, easy to do fundraising. So Mm -hmm. it has to work both ways. So for every kind of great idea we think we've got, we need to test it and we need to talk to people. And that is about 80% of our job, I'd say, is talking to people, is making sure that what we're offering and what we're giving them is what they need and also making it as simple as possible for people to support the organisation as well. Yeah, definitely. So moving on to that part of things then, what type of businesses support Chaz? Well, we have lots of different businesses that support Chaz. We do have in obviously some of your kind of larger financial and kind of legal firms that kind of have more of a kind of nationwide and kind of Scotland feel. But we have lots and lots more kind of local businesses, I would say. So from kind of cafes to restaurants, high street branches, independent retailers, and lots of kind of businesses kind of getting on board and supporting us. And I think what we're trying to do now is to show those independent retailers or the kind of smaller businesses that they can do so much to support the organisation. It's more than a collection can on the counter, if that makes sense, that there's actually lots of ways that you can get involved in whether it's, you know, kind of giving some time or kind of actual fundraising or doing what you normally do in your business, but just maybe thinking about what that kind of corporate social responsibility angle could be, what works for you. And it's all about going in, like you say, and having the conversation. We have lots of different initiatives, as I say, that we kind of come up with in terms of different ways that people can fundraise. We have one coming up at the beginning of March called Geeky T-Shirt Day. And this is where we're asking... (laughs) Geeky T-Shirt Day. Oh, right. So we're asking... I know. So we're asking people on Friday the 2nd of March to wear their their geekiest t-shirt, put your Star Wars (laughs) t-shirt on, your Disney princess, your Harry Potter, whatever t-shirt you've got, put that on, take a picture of yourself and donate £2 to Chaz. Show everybody just how you're getting behind the organisation, something different, but at the same time, something simple. Something that people can do, whether there's one person sitting in an office, one person working from home, and there's a bunch of school children that want to do it in the classroom. It's these kind of simple ways that people can do things. And these are initiatives that we obviously drive forward, but then there's lots of other ways that, that people can choose to kind of get involved and kind of people are constantly giving us ideas as well, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it is. It's brilliant when you see what different people do. One of the things I'm picking up just listening to you is there's a thread of this it's the way that you're engaging with businesses to raise awareness and actually every business that gets involved and in some ways actually working with the smaller businesses in some ways must give you more exposure if they really get on board with it and if they are part of a community because the reach is wider than if it's just done within one of the larger ones this is just thought coming to me listening to you so much so because they become ambassadors in their local community We are so many individuals or so many volunteers and we'd love to cut ourselves up and stretch ourselves in lots Mm -hmm. of different directions, but it's not easy to do. So by getting involved with and speaking to lots of kind of local businesses, they, as you say, they go on to become ambassadors for them. People recognise them as the organisation or as the company that supports Chaz. And we have lots of volunteers um, that have kind of started to do a lot of that for us. Um, and we're starting to now move into kind of business, local businesses in their area kind of going on to do the same, which is wonderful. And the reach that they have through their own kind of promotion or their own social media um, really kind of 
really can make the difference. And a lot of people will kind of pick up on that, that they see a local business in their local community supporting a local charity, and that can then drive them forward to kind of get in touch with us. And it's amazing what they can do. That's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. It's something like the Geeky T-shirt day. That is something that is so simple that people can yeah. easily do that will raise awareness. Hopefully people will share that and you'll be raising funds at the same time. So I'm, oh, a, I'm always a great fan of really simple ideas, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> really, really yeah. simple no. ideas. And I think that's the thing, that's what we try and do, is we try and break it down in every weird and wonderful fundraising idea that we come up with. It's about breaking it down and saying, well, what are we actually asking people to do? And is that something simple that anybody can do? There are so many people that you can ask to fundraise for you, but actually, are you asking the right question? Are you asking the right person? And are you making it as simple as possible to get behind the the cause, get behind the organisation and kind of get involved as well? Um, So simple ideas such as that are great because it's something fun, something people can get behind, but then it gives us the opportunity to then follow up and go, can I tell you a wee bit more about Chaz? Would you like to know more about what we do and the impact that your £2 is going to have for the organisation? Yeah, definitely. So picking up on that point, what kind of things do Chaz do to engage and nurture the relationships that you have? And it, particularly with businesses, probably the smaller ones, because we've gone down that route and that's what most of this audience is for as well. What kind of no, things? No, of course. So obviously in terms of what we like to do, particularly um, for businesses, maybe they've kind of come to a point and maybe they, they get in touch and they want to do something in particular. They have their own idea of, of kind of how they might want to do some fundraising. And what we like to do where possible is to invite the business to come possibly and to visit one of our hospices if that's practical for them and to actually get a tour so they can come and see on a practical level exactly what we offer and what it is that we're doing for our families as well is a great way for them to kind of understand more about what we do and for them to meet their local community fundraiser is really important so we can put a face to the name because actually it's lovely um, to be able to kind of have phone conversations and and emails are well they are what they are but I am a great one for that kind of face-to-face interaction and I think that that's really important particularly with kind of local businesses where you can go out you can sit down you can have the conversation face-to-face they get to know you they get to know the organization but that's the point at which you can maybe ask questions about the local community and maybe kind of make suggestions um, of how that relationship can be developed further so I'd say that kind of stewardship I guess is what we would call it in fundraising but that's part of it was where you get to know your local fundraiser and hopefully we're not just a name at the bottom of an email but you actually get to know who they are as I say can come in to actually visit one of the hospices if that's possible and getting an understanding there um, of what it is that we do and obviously we try and do a lot in terms of kind of around local press and local social media we obviously try and drive people as much as possible to do um, to start the conversation on their social media and to tag kind of chat into it and from there we can share it and like it and, and widen it further because by starting it in your community it's people in your community that will then develop it further and we kind of come in on the back of that and certainly around local press local press is absolutely crucial it allows again allows people in the local community to see what local business owners are doing as well and what charity it is that they are supporting for us it's really important that we kind of get in on the back of that we encourage either the business to kind of get in touch with maybe local press themselves or we will do it their behalf and try and get as much kind of promotion around what it is that they've chosen to do for Chaz because actually the more that raise that awareness the more awareness is, is, is going to be raised around the charity and what it is that we do. Yeah definitely. I mean I must admit that you know having it was Sarah I met at one event yeah. over on the side of the country and 
it was incredible actually just the conversation we had a few conversations we met up and then obviously I discovered how much you guys were doing for businesses yeah. that relationships just continued to grow and then we started speaking too so I totally for anybody listening to this who maybe hasn't heard of Chaz the way that you do keep in touch and follow up and even today I'd been in touch with Sarah about the gift to profit fundraising yeah. challenge about to such a quick response about how we need to move things forward a little bit with a couple of points I'd asked about so really really good actually in terms of that level of support so if we take this into because I mean what I find is a lot of people can get the idea of right okay I get I can volunteer my time or I can mm-hmm. go and help out mm-hmm. in a particular way what people struggle more with is the fundraising piece and that's a big yeah. part of what I teach people in terms of how they can incorporate the fundraising into their marketing in particular in their business generally but definitely into their marketing and so that's one of the things I teach and of course one of the things that comes up frequently is that they maybe just don't understand what that involves and Mm -hmm. certainly most people aren't aware of the legislation that we do have particularly in the UK but not just in the UK many countries around the world around what we call cause marketing so for anybody listening Mm -hmm. that's when we incorporate fundraising into our marketing or sales campaigns and you can check out I'll put different resources on the show note you've not heard of that before so you can look into that but for the purposes of today Claire I wonder if you can just even share with us some just a few examples of cause marketing campaigns that have worked well so examples of fundraising campaigns that people businesses have done that they've incorporated into their marketing that's worked well Of course, a few ideas off the top of my head. We had recently, um, last year, we had a group of um, photographers. The photography studios were based all around kind of Scotland and they were part of a kind of larger, um, almost like a larger kind of um, umbrella group. And they had decided um, that what they wanted to do collectively was to support a children's charity and they wanted to do that, that they had a special kind of um, photography for families that they like to do where they take a kind of family portrait and rather than the money going to the photography studio, if people booked a particular family portrait together, they donated um, £10 for each of the portraits went directly to Chaz and they did that as a kind of collective. So I guess maybe a few studios got together and felt actually we could raise more awareness collectively than individually. Um, so they kind of did that throughout kind of last year and they kind of um, talked about that through their social media and they shared it wider they had posters within the studio and they had a collection can and they had materials about Chaz so people recognised that they can they had the support and the backing of the organisation but again it was something simple for them whereby um, it might have encouraged new customs to come into the shop but they could show that they were supporting a charity and it was very much obviously in line with a lot of what we do at the organisation that kind of family portrait something to keep something that the family can do together so that was a really beautiful one actually that happened other ones that we've had recently, we kind of came up with a bit of an initiative called Chaz Menu. We noticed that we had a lot of independent cafes and restaurants and bars um, that had maybe kind of done different bits and pieces for us. And we decided to kind of bring those ideas, bring them together collectively and came up with the Chaz Menu. So it's kind of designed like a menu as well. And we gave people the kind of options whereby they could, for example, add a pound, a donation of a pound onto the bill. And people could choose if they wanted to donate a pound to Chaz at the end of it. We gave them the option of having a Chaz table within the kind of cafe or restaurant. And when people sat down at the Chaz table, there would be information about the organisation. And again, they could choose a donation at the end of the bill. 
We've got a couple of cafes that have got a Chaz um, specific dish on the menu so people can choose like a Chaz pizza or a Chaz burger and things like that as well, which is quite nice. And at the bottom, obviously, it has our logo and just a little bit about what we do and our website. So great for kind of directing people and that kind of awareness piece as well. Um, We've also had companies that have decided to put a kind of discretionary donation onto invoices that they send out to suppliers and say to the supplier, would you be happy? Would you like to give a donation to our chosen charity? And again, it's just different ways that kind of smaller businesses um, have kind of looked at their own business and what they do day to day and thought about, well, how how can I just kind of add an extra kind of additional fundraising element to this without feeling as though they have to undertake or put on a fundraising event? I think for a lot of people, they think of fundraising, they go, well, actually, either I have to go out and ask people for sponsorship. I have to do some terrific challenge or I have to organise an event. And for a lot of people, it's either very daunting or they just don't feel they have the time. So what we've been trying to do is to have conversations with individual businesses and say, well, what do you do day to day? So we have another um, business that's supportive and they do it's a bakery. So it's, they do kind of small collections for us, but actually they also do things like they have a family from the hospice come in. And I think it's maybe once every two or three months and they treat them to an afternoon tea. Um, we've also had options where we've had maybe siblings of the children that we support have maybe gone in and worked or helped in the kitchens of some of the kind of restaurants and, and cafes that have supported us as well. Um, we obviously have had staff that have come out to the hospices and helped us do kind of volunteering or maybe they've come and they've put on a bit of a kind of an afternoon tea or something like that. And just looking at each individual business, understanding what that business does, and then offering a variety of ways that they might want to get involved, really. And that's kind of, I'd say, some of the the kind of ideas that have happened recently, certainly. Gosh, there's some great ideas. And I think one of the things that, again, is just coming through, it's about how to incorporate what we do into our day-to-day. And that's definitely one of the things that I suggest people do straight off, is actually, unless they know they want to do some kind of fundraising event or do something new, the yeah, easiest way to do this is to look at your day-to-day activities, to look at what you're already doing with your marketing and or with the way you service clients or when you give the example of when we're invoicing clients, look at what you're already doing and see what you could do differently. And I know that I know that sometimes, and I used to be this way too, in terms of being scared to ask for money, even just on, yeah. on, on an invoice. And that would have been a big conflict for me until mm-hmm. I realised that actually I'm giving people the opportunity to give. I'm not asking people to give. I'm not demanding that people give. And I think actually when it's being sent as an invoice, it's remote that people hopefully wouldn't feel the pressure to give either because they can quite easily just ignore it. Because that is important too, that we don't pressure give pressure people for the fundraising side of things. So no, I mean, I like the ideas there. Um, So have you had any feedback from businesses, even the ones that you've you've just mentioned there, any kind of feedback from businesses as to how they have benefited from the fundraising that they've done? So that could be in terms of how the people whose business it was, how they felt more aligned to the business, or it could be in terms of if they've got staff, what changed there, or it might even be around profitability and custom and things. I think we've probably had a mix. I think for some particularly those that have maybe had maybe a kind of child family have maybe kind of come in to the business, whatever it might be. So say, for example, in the kind of bakery, they came in and, you know, they'd done that kind of afternoon tea for one of the families and they actually got to speak to a child family that we support and find out almost firsthand um, more about what we do and the impact that their donation or their kind donation has had on that family, the difference that that's made straight away. Um, They tend to be some of the most kind of powerful pieces of feedback that we receive. 
whereby businesses are able to actually see and experience and understand more about what we do. I think as well, um, businesses have said back that it's been great just to get to know more people in their local community by showing that they're supporting a local charity. So they've got something different that they're maybe going to the local newspaper with, or they've maybe decided to do something in store, or whether they've, they've put something on in an invoice. It always starts the conversation, and that's generally we start the conversation with them, maybe offer some kind of ideas of if the supporter or potential supporter doesn't have their ideas as yet. But it's always about the conversations that they go on to have and almost be kind of come back and go, I can't believe it. I put this out in a couple of invoices or I put this out in local press and the uptake was way beyond what I ever kind of imagined it would be. And I think it's almost like that barrier that we've broken down to say that you can do this and you can do it in a way that feels comfortable to you. So that you don't feel as though you are out asking for money if that is not the way that you want to be doing it let's do it in a way that, that feels comfortable for you and you will see that kind of impact and you will see the kind of positivity coming back as well because you're giving people the choice of whether they want to support or not yeah definitely and one of the things i talk about which people who are regular listeners to the show will hear me talking about again <laughs> and again and again and that is that when we look at consumer trends and it's not mm. actually just consumers but as individuals consumers are more likely to buy from and are looking for businesses that do good. And actually, I mean, there's research recently out on that that 91% of global consumers are looking for businesses to do more than just make money. And that's huge. But it's not just the business, it's not just as individuals as consumers. It's the same for employees increasingly want to come and work for businesses that are doing good. So if they're embracing it and telling people about what they're doing, then that will attract staff that have similar values. And then recently I discovered there was some research out last year by the Boston Consulting Group, which was talking about, I think it was something like a third of assets under management in the investment world are now for socially good businesses (laughs) because investors are now looking for businesses. So if you look at the trends, then Mm. I guess what we don't know as businesses is, is the business we're losing if we're not doing this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, as consumer trends change. So, yeah. And so have you, could you give, have there ever been any examples of when partner, not necessarily a cause marketing campaign, but when either a campaign or a partnership doesn't work, what kind of things could go wrong that, that for our listeners to be aware of? Mm, I think I've tended to find, um, and hopefully this doesn't put anybody off because obviously some of them work out wonderfully, but I do tend to find sometimes um, those that undertake to do something quite big additionally over and above what they're already doing so you know they may work full time in their business and then they decide that they want to put on a fundraising event and they want to put on a ball that's one of I'd say probably (laughs) one of the more kind of historically one of the more kind of traditional type of in kind of fundraising events that people go I know what I want to do I love going to events like that where everybody gets the opportunity to get dressed up and come and have fun and the amount of work that's involved in putting something like that on is quite phenomenal Um, and we have had in kind of situations in the past where somebody's kind of come to us, they've come with this idea. We've tried to kind of very gently explain, you know, all the kind of things that they, they probably need to kind of think about and have in place and they need to give themselves maybe a year um, to kind of plan. And for some people it works really well and it's absolutely fine. But we have had circumstances for people in terms of, you know, maybe not having enough time um, or, or the kind of thinking about what they may or may not need to do and it's maybe not kind of quite worked out for them and that it can be really hard particularly when you've kind of maybe had that conversation and you can see possibly where it might be going you do try and 
you know, continue that kind of conversation kind of in between. And um, and then maybe it's kind of gotten to the point where somebody's maybe kind of had to come to you and say, I'm really sorry, it, did, it didn't work out. And I really thought I was going to sell all these tables or I really thought that all these people were going to come and they didn't. Um, and I tend to think that they tend to be the ones that are kind of hard, hardest or the people that give themselves a really high target to meet um, or a really kind of big event to kind of put on. And it can be quite difficult because you don't want to say to somebody that that won't work because everybody's fundraising can or could work. But for us, we try and manage expectations where we can. I think that's probably the best way to put it. I think that's great advice. If I'd heard that earlier on when I was doing this, I probably would have avoided one or two things. <laughs> I mean, I, I speak very openly in my book about how I decided to take on a telly summit because I had a massive goal. Mm-hmm. But, but you know it was so big and I knew it was going to be big and I did employ I mean I paid thousands out to employ people to help me because I knew it was going to be mm-hmm. big but mm-hmm. that at that stage of my career within skills and knowledge on top of running a full-time business was just yeah. so much work it, I think it, yeah it just what ends up happening is that people are so exhausted by the yeah. end of it you know they've done an amazing amount of work and no matter how much we tell them the amazing amount of work that they've done we can see how physically and mentally exhausted they are by the end of it and then from our point of view we just kind of we know that that was possibly too much for them mm-hmm. so you then feel in a situation where you feel as though I really don't want to ask them to do anything again I feel as though that might have just been a bit too much and we'll have a conversation. But I think for a lot of people, we try and kind of manage that expectation and explain that we're not looking at massive targets. You don't need to come in with come in with a, with a simple idea and a way that you'd like to fulfill it and tell us how we can support you. That's the ones that are going to work as we move forward. People that kind of have, there's some amazing ideas out there, but like I say, it's trying to step away from big aspirational targets and lots and lots of people having to be involved unless you have that big group already in place. And how can we support you to kind of get there as well? Because you're going to have much more fun if you've enjoyed the journey getting there than if you've kind of been stressed throughout. Really. Oh, definitely. And, you know, <laughs> I'm a fan for sustainability in many ways. And that includes personal, yeah. <laughs> you know, personal <laughs> as well as whatever we do for our work and for other people. Yeah. Our own sustainability Absolutely. is really, really important, as is the sustainability of our businesses. If we're relying on our businesses to generate income, which most of us are to live off. So the sustainability and I guess actually just listening to you again and having this conversation. And yeah, I guess one of the things I could relate so much is, I mean, I'm motivated by the big big I always do big goals because I'm motivated (laughs) but I've learned within that that that's the exciting goal that I'm aiming for but to actually break it down into small goals and to actually just start with a small goal first working towards that bigger goal um, and actually consistency and especially if we're talking about embedding this into business practices and activities we can do that yeah. one at a time or and decide which ones work better for us. So I guess that's one thing I would probably share with the audience listening today is that you don't have to do one big thing. You could have two or three no. things which are all working towards that bigger goal and you can stage it. Absolutely. That's it. And I think it's, and we are here to kind of support as well. And if somebody's thinking, oh, I've got an idea and I didn't really hear about it today and I wonder... I wonder if, if it could work for my business or I wonder if it's going to be any good. That These are, these are always the kind of conversations we love to have. We love that when people come to us and go, I've been thinking about doing this, but I don't even know where to start or do you think it could work? And it just opens up a whole different kind of conversation for us to be able to kind of 
develop and help and support and grow and build and like you say doing it piece by piece it's not about not getting the big goal it's just about how you get there and about enjoying how you get there as well that I can't get that across enough is the more you enjoy the fundraising journey the more you will continue to do it and the more that you will get from it as much as, as we will the more awareness you'll raise as much as we will everything about it will become much easier if you're enjoying what you're doing and we try and support as much as possible as well um, it does make a real difference yeah definitely I think that's probably the only reason well I guess there's two reasons that I've kept going one was because I needed to keep raising money for all the trips I was doing yeah. to Rwanda and now, now I've got a trip to Nepal this year and probably Bali next oh, year so wow. it's, it's great because I love what I'm doing so much that I just want yeah. to go do these trips and but it's I guess it's it's about having that motivator that's my motivator and for yes. other people it would be another cause that might be close to their heart so it's about tapping and aligning I guess the causes we're supporting with something that really really is important to us as well and one of the other things I talk about with business owners is linking into what I shared earlier about consumers and employees and investors wanting to connect with and do businesses that care one of the things mm we need to be able to do as business owners is to demonstrate the impact that we're having. And this mm-hmm. in itself is a massive, massive conversation. But one of the things I talk to business owners about when selecting a cause to support is to select causes that can actually give you the information that we need as business owners yeah. to demonstrate mm-hmm. the impact we're having. What kind mm-hmm. of information are you able to give to business owners around the impact that they're having? I mean, that could be anything from, I guess, you know, statistics around, right, for every mm-hmm. £10 or £100, this is typically what that might support. Or do you do it where people might come in and raise money for a particular project? Or is it? do you get something yeah. back from families? How do you help businesses demonstrate their impact? I think you're absolutely right. We do it in a variety of ways. We can provide companies with a kind of, almost kind of, in some senses, standardised list of £10 could, £50 could, £150 could. It can be difficult to go into absolute specifics every time. So it's yeah. good to kind of have that kind of generic list as it were that, that companies are able to go, right, okay, if that's what we're looking to raise, then that. And what we also do more is once they understand what it is that the business does and what they are kind of focuses. So obviously we do so many things within um, the organisation. So I'll use activities as an example, because it's one that we use quite a lot. So our activities team will obviously, I mean, they're the dream holders, shall we say. They're the ones that make everything happen. They're the ones that have the children painting with their feet and making beautiful pictures and throwing glitter around the place and all the things that, that we could take for granted at home, but for a lot of families is completely impractical. They make a lot of those kind of things happen. So what I tend to do is to really find out what matters to the business, what aspect of the service we provide would show the best impact and then work out figures for them around that, looking at for example what it costs to have an activities coordinator spending time with a family for an hour in a day there you go that shows you how much and the impact that your um, £150 for example could have you know so really breaking down what it is that the business has bought into the type of business it is and then looking at the service we provide and matching that up so we can have the kind of standardised you know this is what your money could do and then we can almost break it down further as well and kind of talk to businesses and say well this is the type of service that we provide and what I can do is to give you some cost of what some of that service costs and then you can show people that that your money is not specifically going to that person but that gives them a real idea of the type of things that their money is kind of supporting and the impact that they're having in the service and again it's that kind of matching up of kind of what the, the, the company is 
and what it is that we're doing and it just makes it feel a lot more real I think as well for people rather than five pounds could pay for I just love what you've talked about you know I really do <laughs> that that tale it's every single time I speak to you or Sarah you just blow me away <laughs> with the type of things that you're doing and I go oh my god no wonder you've got so many businesses just wanting to support what you do. I just think it's exceptional it's brilliant the way that you know just linking it to what matters and as you said that yeah. I was sitting here thinking that's so that's so obvious and yet I don't I have never heard anybody say that to me before from a charity or a a social Mm -hmm. cause never heard anybody say that when I've asked that question and I think there's so many amazing organizations and causes out there that maybe kind of more project-led than we are so they can be really specific and say if you raise three thousand pounds it will cover this particular project and I think because we maybe don't have that kind of project-led we have some but we don't have a lot of the year so I think for me in order to kind of give it that really kind of more personal aspect, we look at what we do and then we break it down for people and we make it kind of feel impactful. We're never saying your money's specifically going right on that unless they're buying a piece of equipment, for example. But we're able to really kind of tailor it and that's important. Everything about everybody that, that fundraises for you and gives their time and does something for you, you're trying to tailor that experience for them so that they really get to understand what the organisation does. And that's how you build long-term supporters is by getting them to really understand what you do and for them to understand just how much you appreciate what they are doing as well. Yeah, definitely. And I hope that people listening to this are really taking away just how you really, really do focus in on the service that you give, not only to the families in their moment and time when they need that support and that love and that that space held for them, that care, but also for businesses. I just think what you're doing is you're making it so easy for businesses who want to support a charity like yourself to come on board and support you. And I know from just having had the conversations with you and Sarah also about you have the cause marketing agreement it's very easy for somebody to get in touch you will talk you literally hold people's hands through that process get everything Mm. that they need in place so that they can actually get going so if, if people were interested in just getting in touch with you to support Chaz what would the first thing be that they how could they get in touch with you and things well I would say that um, absolutely pick up the phone or send an email at phone. I always like the phone personally because it just means that you get that kind of interaction. Um, so I am obviously I'll leave all my details um, with Alison and you can absolutely kind of share those details um, no, as widely yeah. as you want. But I think a phone call or an email is great. But also in the first instance, go onto the Chaz website, www.chaz.org.uk and just get a feel more for who we are and what we do. And from there, pick up the phone and let's have a conversation, really. And let's see how we can kind of get you get you supporting. And let's see what we can do to support you as well. And I know that our audience is global. Do you have any objection to businesses from other countries supporting you? Absolutely not. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Um, like I say, we just it's about opening up the conversation. It's about finding out what the company does. Is there a connection in any way or how can we kind of make that connection happen? You know, what would be of interest to that company and how can we support them when that kind of physicality piece obviously wouldn't be there? But how can we kind of still work together to make it feel impactful for you, even though you're based somewhere else, as it were? Um, like I say, it's all about that kind of conversation. But yes, gladly have that conversation. Not a problem at all. Brilliant. So we're just coming to the end of our conversation here. Is there, any, is there one last thing that you would share with any business owners who are thinking of incorporating fundraising into their marketing? I think it's just about making it as simple and easy as possible. That's what we 
at Chaz are looking to do. We're looking to make it as simple and easy as possible to kind of start that conversation with you, to get you involved and to get you to support it. So when you're looking at what your business does or what you even do in your own time, you know, if you're a member of a group or you do something for fun, what is it in and around your world that you think actually I can add a diff- I can add an element of fundraising on here, or I can add an element of kind of that kind of community spirit or corporate social responsibility, and then pick up the phone and let's have a conversation about it and let's see if we can make that happen for you. And I think that's the best way to start is to look at what you're already doing and the conversations you're already having, and actually how how can you kind of maximise them. Thank you so much, Claire. It's been brilliant speaking to you. There's so many. I've got loads of notes, loads and loads of notes here. <laughs> um, trying to work out what's the main thing I'm taking away from this. There literally is so much, but I think actually it was one of the aha sort of insights, I guess, that I've taken from this today was the fact that when charities focus on partnering with small businesses, that mm. can actually help to give you more awareness and visibility of your cause. Yeah than necessarily the corporates. A lot of the corporates might be able to get your hand big more funds over, but then it's harder to get all those all those bigger fundraising contracts in place with the mm-hmm. larger companies. So yeah, so it's it's just seeing that that as another benefit of for causes to partner with businesses too. So Absolutely. thank you so much for being with us today. I'm sure that our listeners will have enjoyed this conversation too. So thanks to you if you are tuning into this episode. Remember to check out givetoprofit.com or alison.com for the full show notes, which will include details of how to connect with Claire and to check out Chaz, etc., all of the different contact details that Claire mentioned earlier. And if you would like to learn how to raise funds for a charity or social cause through your business in a way that is ethical, easy and complies with cause marketing legislation, check out the Give to Profit fundraising challenge, which is going live on the 1st of March. So it will be live by the time you listen to this podcast episode it's going to be a challenge that you can join anytime which is a mixture of online training lessons online forums support from me during live q a calls and i will be sharing the details of that in the show notes too and i'm delighted to say that chas are one of the charities that are that i'm profiling as part of that fundraising challenge so even if you don't know which charity to support although hopefully this has inspired you if that has been the case to support Chaz, <laughs> um, come on into the challenge and you'll find out we can support you through that process as well because i'm looking to really support Chaz through that challenge too so thanks very much for tuning in until next time remember business is a great opportunity to be kind and what you do next matters Thanks for listening to the Give to Profit podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes so you hear about our next episodes. It would be great if you left a rating and review of the show there too. For every review this month, Alison will be sponsoring a child to go to school for a day in Cambodia. You can connect and chat with Alison on Twitter using the handle at Alison Mac and through the Give to Profit Facebook fan page. And if you don't already have a copy of Alison's best-selling book, Give to Profit, How to Grow Your Business by Supporting Charities and Social Causes, you can get this on Amazon around the world.